Hi, this is Stay, and I am your host, Takesha August. On this podcast, you'll hear conversations and content dedicated to trust, love, and honoring our intuition from birth to motherhood, from work to womanhood. Collectively, we will be cultivating peace, joy, confidence, and community, the foundational elements of thriving in a well-lived life, and sharing some laughter along the way. Here's to new patterns, healed hearts, and becoming the masters of our own self-preservation. You are invited to stay with your heart, with your body, and with me. Hello and welcome back to Stay. This is the first episode of season two of Stay with Tahisha. And it feels really good to be back after a beautiful rest season. So our last episode was at the end of November 2021. Um, And then I took some time off for the holidays of December and um, the wintering season. Uh, And now we are back after the Lunar New Year, which is when I officially step into the New Year energy. January is usually a bit of a wash. um, And this year was no exception, um, experiencing sickness in our house and um, snowstorms and power outages and so much energy that was in flux. And as we approached February, it felt so fitting that I had already made the decision before to return in February. Um, so it's always nice to have that confirmation when um, all the circumstances around you and the energy inside of you coincide. And it feels like, yeah, yeah, that was a good, a good choice. So happy to be back. Um, this first episode is with me and me. And I just wanted to share a short message with you about moving forward, what's next, new beginnings, all of that. I get questions from time to time from either clients or people in my DMs on Instagram asking about um, how do we know, how do you know when it's time to move forward, how do you know when the decision that you're making is the right decision, how do you know fill in the blank, right? And this knowing comes from deep within inside. And one thing that's become very clear to me and many people over the last couple of years is that we have a very complicated relationship with knowing. We have a very complicated relationship with our intuition, with trusting ourselves, knowing whether or not we can trust ourselves at all, because especially as female identifying people, um, we, uh, especially if you are socialized as female, we, we are often not encouraged to trust ourselves. Um, and when we do trust ourselves and make decisions for ourselves, we're called all kinds of names and, and made to second guess ourselves or, um, uh, pitted against one another um, in a competitive circumstance, even if that was not our intention to begin with. And so when it comes to trusting our own inner wisdom, 
our own intuition, our own felt sense of what is right and wrong for us in any given moment, we can feel really apprehensive and we seek outside of ourselves for validation or for permission to move forward in a particular manner, whether it's in your relationship, in your career, um, making any decision with regard to your mothering. And so I just wanted to share uh, a few, I don't know if it would be, it's not really advice, but just some, um, some helpful pointers. I hope they will be helpful that might encourage you to lean into your own, your own wisdom. We all have it. You don't need someone outside of you to tell you what's right and wrong for you. So where does it even begin? So say, for instance, you experienced um, a scenario at any point in your developmental journey, whether you were a young girl, uh, a teenager, a young adult, and perhaps that decision rocked you where you're not quite sure if you could even trust yourself again. Maybe before that decision, you felt confident about, you know, making the right decisions. Maybe you would, would have considered yourself a quote unquote good girl. Um, and this particular decision um, compromised that opinion that you may have had of yourself or, uh, or the opinion that people closest to you may have had. Um, maybe you felt like your image was tarnished or um, there was no coming back from that. And so from that moment on, you second guessed everything. Like, well, if I did that, how do I know that I'm making the right decision in this realm or in this circumstance? Well, even if you've made some decisions that you might judge as poor, as bad decisions, as, as decisions that are unlike you, it is important to honor and recognize that we are all learning. We are all evolving and sometimes the decisions that we make in life are from a place of survival, from reacting, from coping. And the decisions that we make when we are in a space of surviving or coping or just showing up from one day to the next are to be honored, are to be respected. We are to love ourselves and forgive ourselves for who we had to be in moments where we just had to use whatever tools we had access to in that very moment. And then you start from where you are in this given moment, not considering who you were in the past, why you had to make those circumstances, and not fully considering who you hope to be in the future, who you feel like you're supposed to be, or who you're trying to become. Who are you right now? Where are you right now? What are your circumstances right now? And as you spend more time observing who you are right now in this very moment, you might even notice that you, you may not know yourself as well as you'd like to, or maybe you haven't, I don't know, like been paying as much attention to yourself as you'd like. So have you ever been in a relationship where your main gripe or complaint against the other party is that they don't pay enough attention to you. They don't listen to you. You don't feel heard or seen. 
a lot of times we feel so triggered by that experience because we do it to ourselves first. So the first thing to do in order to really tap into your ability to listen to yourself and to trust yourself again and again and again is to find intentional moments to be with yourself. So this podcast is called Stay for a Reason because just the notion of being with ourselves and being still and being quiet and having absolutely nothing to do with no one around or no sound has become such a challenge for many of us. There have been more circumstances or instances where we get bored and uncomfortable with having to be at home or in lockdown or in quarantine. And it's kind of, it's a similar experience to being in a postpartum um, post-birth, postnatal experience or chapter or season where you know that your primary, your primary assignment is to be still and heal and to be present with what has emerged from inside of your body, in that case, a baby. Um, but the postpartum window is designed to require stillness, to require presence, to require that golden time of connection of where attachment is established between mother and baby. And a lot of times people can get really overwhelmed with that kind of stillness, especially if, if they're used to always being on the go and being on the move. But the difference between that experience is that it follows an experience where the mother in this circum or in this instance, in this example, had the opportunity to witness herself operating in her in her primal essence, the whole birthing process and laboring and and anything that came in in that. Your your intuition is heightened. Your felt sense of what you need in that particular present moment is heightened. And so when you are um, called to be still following that experience, it feels a little different. Like, wow, I I think I can trust myself or, or what was that experience? There's so much to reflect on. And so if you're not in an experience like that where you are in a literal postpartum of having a baby, perhaps you are in the postpartum of a career that didn't feel great or a relationship that may or may not be out or in. Consider, if you will, the moments within that experience that can be celebrated. So that's really the only reflecting on like past things. Like, is there something present that could be celebrated? We spend a lot of time in, in trying to move forward in, uh, in, intuition and all of that we're and a lot of times we're trying to erase everything that happened like how can I move forward how do I know that I can trust myself you can still trust yourself even if there were negative experiences or negative choices in the past okay so I've harped on that quite a bit so after you've kind of had some time with yourself 
This can look like anything. It's not necessarily sitting crisscross applesauce on the floor in some kind of Zen posture, regardless of the normal circumstances around you. This could be anything. Maybe you're in the shower and you give yourself an opportunity to feel the water hitting your skin. What does it feel like for the water to fall on your skin? And just meditate on that. What does it feel like to wash dishes and kind of be still and steady with that? What are the texture of the bubbles and the soap in the sink? What is the sound of the plates and the dishes clanking against one another? Maybe you have an opportunity to wake up early in the morning and watch the, the emerging of the day, the sun rising, the clouds parting, the colors changing in the distance. These are those tiny moments where you can just notice what's around you. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? Remember that game? Maybe you played it when you were, when you were little, the I Spy. I Spy with my little eye, a red guitar in the corner, a black wall, pink curtains. So what can you spy in any particular moment when you feel like you're spun out, I don't know, like, am I making the right decision? Should I do this or that? Should I go here or there? Should I say yes or no? Pause. Notice where you are in real time. What can you see? What can you hear? What can you smell? Is there anything in the vicinity of you that can be tasted? Your water, your coffee, your tea, cookie, whatever. Whatever it takes to bring you present. And even in that moment of noticing and identifying and then naming it, that is an exercise in trusting yourself, in being present with yourself. Next. Okay, so what if, you know... What if, the, what if this is a really big decision that you've got to make? I, I had an encounter with a woman once who was at a crossroads in her marriage. And granted, I am not a therapist. Uh, I am not um, a doctor. None of that. But what I did instruct her to do, or encourage her to do rather is to reflect on moments in her relationship or marriage where she felt like she abandoned her own self, her own decisions. What were those moments and what did it cost you, if anything? And then consider the moments where you felt the strongest within the confines of that, of that marriage, not necessarily in the presence of your partner, but what were the moments that you felt your bravest, your strongest, your most turned on, your most lit up? What were the circumstances around that? Was your partner present at any of those? Was, were, were those things possible or, or could they happen because your partner was around or because your partner wasn't around? Kind of notice that. And then I asked her to imagine her future 
Like who, who would you like to be right now? And who would you like your right now self to evolve into when you imagine your, your wise woman self? And she and I are, are close in age. So, you know, we're, we're both approaching our forties. And so as you imagine, like, what does that even mean? Because what 40 meant to me at 16 means something very different to me at 39 at the time of this recording. At 16, 40 was old. Oh my God, I would have had my whole life figured out, right? And then being here, it's like, wow, I kind of don't feel a whole lot different. Um, I mean, granted, (laughs) there are some differences. Um, But it's not what I imagined it to be so many years ago. So if you imagine who you are right now in real time. And then who do you imagine or hope or desire for yourself to be in the future? Can you feel it on your skin? Can you picture in your mind when you close your eyes what you look like? Who's around you? Imagine every good and perfect thing, your career going in the the direction that you want it, your relationship to your children. And we went through this whole series of, of visualizations. We really tapped into how it felt for her. Oh, so joyful and energizing. And then I said, in the corner of, of a room that you have found yourself in in the future, as your wise, self-actualized self, who is still evolving, of course, but in a place where you right now would aspire to be. And in the corner is your husband, as who he is right now today. The version of him that you are dissatisfied with, that you are questioning whether or not you should be together. And he hasn't, he's exactly the same. How does that make you feel? Do you feel relieved that he's in the room? Do you feel like telling him all about all these things that you're excited about? Do you feel seen? Do you feel received? Do you feel safe enough to tell him what you need? Do you trust that maybe he too may may have the desire to evolve and to be something bigger and better and greater and happier and more joyful. And whatever you see, notice how it feels in your body. Where do you store that feeling? Now I'm under the belief that no one should be able to tell you what to do in any relationship that you hold because we're all on our own journey. So no one can come from the outside and say, oh, based off of the information that you've given me about this person, you should leave them or you should stay with them, right? Because everyone's experience in their relationship is different. What I will say is that you get to choose how you want to be loved. And you also get to choose who you let into your space to love you the way that you desire to be loved. And you deserve to be respected 
You deserve to be treated with kindness. Always. Even in the face of adversity. It is possible to argue respectfully. It is possible to be upset or disappointed in a partner without also experiencing a fear of being abandoned or harmed. No one deserves that. I don't care what decision that you've made in the past. And so in her considering all the circumstances of their relationship and and how she felt in that moment in that visualization with him presenting himself in this room that she had found herself in. Her entire essence changed. The light in her face kind of dimmed a bit and she got very pensive and quiet. And I asked her not to share whatever decision or thought or feeling with me, but to write it all down just as an expressive uh, purge emotional writing activity. Let it all out. How do you feel? What do you see? And what might that mean to you? And whatever those thoughts and feelings were, I asked her to sit with them in quiet time when she's not angry or hungry or tired, or in the midst of reacting to something that her partner had done or said. And she's feeling pretty neutral, just like on a regular day. And the, the interesting thing about knowing is that if you, if you have to ask yourself, like, gosh, I don't know if I know, then you probably aren't in a place of knowing. This is a very lighthearted uh, analogy, but imagine that you go shopping and you're looking for a red dress and you kind of have in mind what kind of red dress you want. You know, in, in essence, what shapes and silhouettes fit on your body and what makes you feel your best and how you want to feel in this red dress for whatever the occasion might be. And you come across a red dress in a store and you're like, oh, well, that's a, you know, it's pretty. I mean, I guess you try it on. You're like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess this will do. This is, this is fine. Um, you see that it's on sale, like, all right, well, I mean, I may as well buy it, you know, it, it's good enough. And you, you leave the store, you've got this red dress, and you pass by a store window of a, of, of a place that maybe you once aspired to shop in, like maybe the things are really expensive, or you never really had the circumstance to wear something exquisite from this store, like whatever judgments you have around this place. And you look at the dress in the window and it's red and you're like, oh my God, what is that? I like, I, I have to try it on. And you try it on and your, your cells feel bubbly. Like I say, it feels like there's, there's soda under your skin. You just feel so lit up and you start, you put it on and you imagine yourself walking into rooms and you notice yourself standing more upright and you come on your tippy toes, imagining the shoes that you would wear with it. And then you look at the price tag and it's four times what you paid for this other red dress. And the moment that you know 
that this is the thing for you, you start to negotiate in your mind, like, okay, well, I can return this one. And then there's some shoes that I bought that I don't need. I can take those back. And you start to make space in your mind and in your reality for this thing to be real because you must, you must have it. It is, it is the thing. It is what you imagined. It's what you wanted. And you know it because you, you will move things out the way that, you know, were good enough for the moment, but they weren't that. That's how, that's a lot like how knowing feels when you're willing to move things out the way that you once thought were necessary. You make space for this thing, this person, this experience, when otherwise you might have said, oh, you know, I don't know. One, one example for me would be, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of traveling. I'm, I'm kind of afraid to fly, even though I've flown many times. It just, it makes me feel very anxious, incredibly anxious <laughs> to be in an airline, in an airplane. And I had a job, I was working for this fortune 500 company making, you know, ridiculous amounts of money compared to where I thought I'd be in my career. And every time they'd say, oh, you know, you might need to be on travel um, for this for, for this assignment. And it, you know, in, in those cases, it may have lasted three days and then you might have gotten there and you end up being there for three weeks. And the idea of it made me want to vomit. Like I just felt so sick in my stomach. The idea of preparing to leave, of, of flying, it didn't matter where it was. It could have been in Hawaii, in the most beautiful place. And I felt so anxious and would do anything to get out of it. And, and because I, I was also at the time a single mom, like the idea of being gone for two days and then it turning into two weeks made me feel overwhelming amounts of anxiety. And, you know, granted, I never had to go. A lot of those, um, those plans were kind of like, oh, you know, they changed or the contracts changed or, you know, I was able to stay home or whatever, but I never had to travel. But then another opportunity came up where I had the opportunity to travel with my family. And we were going to go to Mexico as a family trip. My son could come with me. I booked the flights and we made it happen because I knew that as long as my comforts were there, I knew that I felt safe traveling and knowing that my son would be with me. I didn't have to think about him being far away or an ocean away. That eased my anxiety. The idea of being somewhere beautiful the idea of my partner being with us because in crowded environments or un, um, environments where I, I don't feel familiar, I do feel a lot safer when he is around um, because, for one, in his work, he protects people for his job. It's his job to keep people safe. And so having all those elements, I knew that it was okay for me to make the decision even though I was afraid of flying. So think for yourself, what, under what circumstances would the things that you are normally apprehensive about feel like a yes? What would the circumstances be around that decision? Visualize that, sit with it, 
And then notice where it lives in your body. Where do you feel the calm? Some people, the calm happens like warm honey being poured on the top of their head and they just kind of feel this soft warmth melting down their skull and down their neck and their shoulders. For some people, they feel a calm and an airiness in their belly. For some people, their jaw relaxes. Maybe they unclench their buttocks. It's different for everyone. Notice where that lives in your body, that feeling of safety. Chances are you're knowing your yeses, that felt sense of safety and affirmation will reoccur in the same part of your body. And likewise, in moments where you feel overwhelmed and scared and like you just want to run, you want to fight, flight, freeze, you want to do or say whatever you can to just survive, that experience, notice where that lives in your body. Because that is usually where it will manifest again. So those are just a couple of instances where you can practice trusting yourself. You can practice noticing who you are when you feel triggered, when you feel the hell yeses in your body. And I'm, I'm of the mind that if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. If I have to hem and haw about it, like, well, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess it's good enough. I usually say no. I worked in marketing for about 15 years. And one thing that we always kept in mind is that if your audience or your customer is confused, they're always going to say no. It is our natural inclination to unload the things from our mind that just take too much too much effort. It's like a coping mechanism. It's like a a fight or flight. Too many stimuli, too many decisions to be made. It's not clear enough. You've got to read too many words, too many colors, too many fonts, too many whatever. Your mind will immediately discard it because there are other things that that are more important for your your body to, to have the energy to do, to breathe, to process food, to, you know, survive, to keep yourself alive, your children or whatever, right? It does not have the capacity or the energy for no reason to process things that just take too much, too much time. And we are in a society where there's so much overstimulation all the time. And so we find ourselves discarding things all day long. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And sometimes we can get confused between the what's and the who's. We can say, I want to completely discard the disrespect that I feel in my relationship or in that argument we had. And instead you say, I want to discard the person. Just get them out. Like, I just can't even deal. Like, I just, I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to figure out how to communicate differently. I don't want to figure out how to hear them or hear myself. I don't want to have to figure out how to communicate my needs. I don't want to have to figure any of that out. There's too much going on. The kids are crying, the dogs are barking, there's just too much stimuli. Just just throw the whole person away. In some some cases, that is necessary. 
But in a lot of cases, it may not be. And then the same can be true about jobs that make us unhappy or, or, you know, (laughs) I joke sometimes like, you know, my house can become a mess and I'm like, you know, I just, I just want to throw everything away. Just get rid of everything and start from scratch. Cause I just, I don't want to have to figure out where things go or organize things or fold any more laundry. Like let's just get rid of all the clothes. Why do we have so many clothes? Let's get rid of them. Right. Cause that's easy. That's easier. It's easier to discard. And it's so much more challenging to do the work of knowing what exactly do we want to discard? What is it about it? What is it about all the clothes? Well, it's like, gosh, I'm tired. I don't want to have to do anything else. Well, then in that space, can I make the decision to go lay down and take a nap? Well, no, I can't make the decision to go lay down and take a nap because then the kids are going to wake me up or my partner's going to come home and, you know, fuss about me taking a nap. Okay. So then, you know, if as you run down the the list of ramifications, the list of excuses, or the list of um, of risks. It's very real for certain people, for many women especially, to have an extreme level of risk around saying no to um, to anything, to having to make a decision to have to exist in this this fawn place just to cope, just to stay alive. And for some people, it is not possible to communicate more clearly or from a mature place. Some, some people don't have the capacity for that. And so I want to honor that as a reality because that's real. This is not one of those messages where you know, you, you just, you've got to learn how to, how to communicate what you need. Some people are not available for your communication. And I know that I get it. Believe me. But what we can focus on is how we hold that experience in our own bodies. How do we use every experience that we have as Intel for what is for us, for what is not for us? And how do we remind ourselves over and over again that we belong to ourselves? How can you remind yourself that you belong to yourself? Every decision has its own amount of repercussion or risk or reward. So respect where you are in your life, not where someone else on the outside looking into your life will tell you to do or be or have. Only you know what is best for you. And then as you sit quietly, notice, are the decisions that I choose to make because I'm afraid of what's to come? or because I love myself so much that I can't imagine it being another way. Give yourself the space to notice your fear and choose love. And that is where the relationship between you, your trust, and your intuition begins. I want to have more of these conversations with you 
this year. If this helped you, if this resonated at all, let's continue this conversation. You can send me a DM. You can place a comment below where this episode is posted on my website. But I want us to keep this channel open so that we can continue supporting one another to stay with ourselves, to do less abandoning of ourselves, of our hearts, of our desires. And if you check the show notes below, I've made something for you. It's called Stay in Practice. And it's free. It's a meditation. It's uh, a guided a journaling activity and some other goodies in there. It's, it's, you know, a free little packaged program. But its intention is to kind of give you a starting place, a tool when you kind of feel empty, like I just, I can't even, like I'm just, there's just too much. I don't even know where to go. If you need help, if you need an anchor, if you need a source, some kind of baseline to get you back to this place of being with yourself, of trusting yourself, these are some tools to help support you in that. So I hope that you will allow those to support you. And as always, it is my pleasure to share with you. It is my honor to have returned to this experience. I love sharing with you here on the podcast. And I can't wait to talk to you again very, very soon. Take care.